Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, we saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Our offertory hymn will be this little light of mine. <laughs> in these days of epiphany, the manifestation of God in the flesh, we come to see more clearly who the baby really is. Now, in natural human life, all of you that have kids, every one of us that has been a kid, <laughs> we, we grow into ourselves and we see them, right, grow into their own personality, especially that sort of like toddler bit, right? When they go from being just sort of a bundle that we have to manage in our arms to like moving around and doing things. So with a couple last night and they had a two-year-old and she was full of personality. And that girl is gonna, gonna be real trouble for somebody someday, which will not be my problem. But, um, but this, in, in some ways, this, this natural biological experience, this natural experience that we have of growing into ourselves as children and into adults, is the whole church's experience of the Lord Jesus. From the moment that the Lord comes to birth, from the moment that he comes to be in his own mother's womb, we're discovering more and more who he is. The whole of the church's liturgical cycle unveils bit by bit, like the deacon unveiling the chalice, just what it is that's making itself known or present in our midst. It's like when Gandalf appears. We suddenly know now the, the, the one who we saw wasn't who we thought. Or when the strider turns out to be the king, right? We, a, a vista opens up. Something that we knew, someone that we knew, remains who they were, but turns out they were always more than we ever imagined. And sometimes... Those, those notes of revelation, they come from the most unexpected of places. So during Epiphany, we recognize the manifestation to the Gentiles, but just as importantly, the recognition of the Gentiles, that even foreign kings, even likely pagan kings, using not-so-legitimate <laughs> astronomy, <laughs> can figure out who this one is in a way that the actual king of the Jews, the titular king of the Jews, couldn't. The Baptist continues to point to who Jesus is. And 
trying to imagine what exactly was in John the Baptist's mind is probably not a very useful exercise. But, but in his own communication to us, he seems to slowly recognize, or at least slowly reveal, no, 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 this one, it's more than you thought. Yes, the one, but the one is more than you thought. The church, in her own uh, experience of the Lord, especially Eucharistically, comes to recognize more and more who he is. The practice of First Fridays and the development of the devotion to the Sacred Heart is ultimately about this. We come to know more who Christ is by peering at his heart. And so the, the tradition of the First Fridays is ultimately about the human heart of Jesus. And this is important, especially for us, who work in media, who are trying to call people to more godly lives, because the great temptation is, is especially in a culture like ours that is so fraught with error, to just um, reflexively push against, right? So if it's part of the culture, must be bad. If it's part of us, must be good. This is not, the church has never operated this way, and it can't afford to. Why? Well, because anything that is authentically human is authentically his. And so we're duty-bound to find those bits of the culture that are worth preserving and not just, like, permit them to stay, prize them, right? Many of the things, even the hymn we just sang, is the result of what was secular culture 400 years ago. And, and we wouldn't have it today if somebody said, well, that tonality, it's, it's not quite ecclesial, probably needs to stay someplace else, Right? So it's our job to sift through the morass that is modern, the modern world and find what's worth keeping and see the face of Christ there and sometimes even, like those foreign kings, to see them recognizing him, even if they don't quite have the words, even if they don't quite know what it is they're affirming. Whenever the church celebrates the Holy Eucharist, whenever we come to the Holy Sacrifice at the Mass, God reveals himself again. In all the testimonies the last week or so uh, around the, our dearly departed Pope Benedict, um, the one that has struck me most came from a most unlikely place, the current Archbishop of Canterbury, who is no Anglo-Catholic and in many ways no friend of ours, but something remarkable has happened there in the last five years that I would have been unthinkable even just 15 years ago. So when Pope Benedict visited uh, England for the canonization of John Henry Newman, the guy that's the Archbishop of Canterbury now wasn't yet. He was a bishop in some other English place. But he was so moved by the Holy Father's words on the Eucharist, this boggles the mind, Eucharistic adoration has been restored to Lambeth Palace every day for the first time since the Reformation. So for the first time in 500 years, a group of people whose formal declaration of faith prohibits Eucharistic adoration <laughs> now have it happening in their own walls. And he's, he's, he's developed a whole series of reflections on the sort of the self-disclosure of Christ in the Eucharist. Now, if Pope Benedict can do that alive, just imagine what he's going to do for us dead. If the Archbishop of Canterbury, so fraught with difficulty in other ways, can still recognize him there, then where might he point for us to see him new? And where might I be missing him? 
right under my nose.